worry. Stop worrying. Don't worry. Why worry? You know what worry is? It's like sitting in a rocking chair, rocking back and forth like crazy, hoping you're going to go somewhere. It is an absolute positive waste of time. And we allow the enemy to give us all this junk. He, get, he gives us all these heavy, heavy weights. And so then I go, all right, Zach, I want you to lift your hands in the air and begin praising God. No, 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 don't stop. Don't stop. Come on, don't drop those. You mess up my books, you're in big trouble. Okay, notice how hard it is to do that. Okay, you can put it down now. Okay, now I need you to give me a hand with something. I need you to help. I need you to move this chair for me. But you got to keep, don't let those down. You got to hold on to those. Figure out a way to do that. Yeah, that's good. That'll work. Go ahead. Just move it. I don't care. Just move it somewhere. Okay. Do you, I, do you see the picture here? Are you getting it? Do you get the, the fact that when we are burdened down with this stuff, it's very hard to lift your hands and surrender to God? You got too much junk to deal with. The fear of the past repeating itself. The doubt the enemy brings to you. Yeah, you're not really saved. You know, that was, yeah, that happened a long time ago. That didn't really mean anything. And then he, he develops that into unbelief. Pretty soon you find yourself completely confused. You have no idea. You start searching all the religions of the world trying to hope. And then you just begin to worry day in and day out. Now what? What am I going to do? The cross will give you the courage to do this. Put those down there. No, actually, put them down over there at the foot of the cross. Put them down over there. All right, now raise your hands and praise the Lord. Excellent. See, it works. All right, now get over here and move this chair. Now come here and move the chair. Okay. Just take it to the back of the church and bring it back down here. You know, just get some exercise. That's good. All right? No, I'm kidding. Just put it back. I need that. Do you, that was a simple illustration, but did you get it? Do you understand it? Do you get it? We have allowed the enemy. Thanks, Zach. You're good. We have allowed the enemy to rob us of the courage that it takes to lay all that stuff down at the cross. Jesus died for every one of your doubts. He died for every one of your fears. He died for every one of your all of your unbelief. He died for your worry. It's over. It's done. You can set it aside. The cross. He's nailed it all against us. Uh, he's nailed it all against everything that was against us. He's nailed to the cross. The courage to repent. The courage to repent. You see, the greatest act of courage any human being can ever perform on this planet is not to, you know, defeat an enemy or anything like that, but it is to bow your knee and ask for forgiveness from either other, another human or ultimately from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. To bow your knee and to repent and ask God to forgive you is a huge act of courage. The prodigal son, that took tremendous amount of courage for him to go home and repent and ask God, ask his father to forgive him. To repent, to step, to step out and say, God, I am sorry for ignoring you. I am sorry for allowing the enemy to cause me to fear, to be afraid of what might happen if I accepted Christ.
to doubt that you were real, to, to have unbelief in my heart and not, and not sell out completely to, to this idea of Christianity and the power of God. And then finally, to worry. To worry. How many of you worry? Okay, those of you that didn't raise your hand, I'm worried about you. <laughs> worry is a disease that the enemy loves to use to bind us up. I can't, I can't share my faith with that guy at work. He'll think I'm weird. Guess what? He thinks you're weird anyway. Just share your faith. Then you'll prove that you're weird. It'll be perfect. Let it happen. Number two, the R. Write down the word reconciled. Reconciled back to God. The most amazing thing that Jesus said from the cross and, and in Luke chapter 23, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Reconciliation is that, is that ability to get back, to return into a right relationship with God. How many of you have ever been in a, like a bad situation, a relationship, or a problem, an issue, and, and it was, and there was a reconciliation? You know, somebody came and said, you know, please forgive me, or I'm sorry, and you were reconciled. Have you ever had that, ever been through that, ever experienced that? Is that a good feeling? I think it's an awesome feeling. Every so often, I, you know, I'll do or say something ridiculous. I know that's hard to believe, but it's true. And, and so I'll have to go to Linda and say, honey, I'm sorry. I didn't, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm crazy. And, you know, please forgive me. And that reconciliation is such an amazing experience. And it's the, it's the part of the process. It's, what, it's why Jesus died on the cross. It's why he went through all of that so that we could return to that relationship with God, so that we could go back. You think the, the uh, don't you think that that prodigal son went through the entire gamut of emotions? When he came, it says, the Bible says he came to himself, and he got up out of that pig, pigsty, and he started heading home. He was afraid, I guarantee you, he was afraid of what he was going to find at home. His father could have said, why, you worthless piece of junk. I'm going to have the police come and throw you in jail. You took all that, all my stuff. You don't, you're not worthy to breathe. I'm sure the enemy gave him that thought. He was afraid. And as he was taking every step, I can just imagine it right now, he's probably beginning to doubt I can't go home. This isn't going to work. What's the matter with me? I can't do this. This will never work. I know that my father, he's not going to want me back. You know the, the most dangerous kind of doubt? Self-doubt. You ever talk to yourself like dumb things? You worry? Yeah, it starts with worry. Then you start doubting. And I'm sure the enemy came along and says, you, are, you, are you kidding me? You can't believe that your father's going to accept you back. You cannot possibly believe that. What is wrong with you? So he went through all of this, and then he worried. I'm sure the closer he got, the more he worried. Those four are the most insidious, horrible things the enemy has, and he will use those every day if he can 
That's why every day we have to take it to the cross. We have to throw it at the cross and say, Jesus, the enemy's going to try to put fear, doubt, unbelief, and worry on me, and I refuse to accept it. By your strength and by your grace, I'm just not buying it. I need courage. And I thank you, God, that we're reconciled. And that reconciliation took place with that young boy. And he found, and his, fell at his father's feet. And they were reconciled. That was amazing. Number three, the O. To overcome the enemy. Turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 23. I want to look at this real quick. Because this is absolutely amazing. Luke chapter 23. Luke 23, verse 40. Look at this. The criminals are now, the criminal, one on the other side, one on both sides, of, uh, each on the other sides of Jesus. And one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. Verse 40. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence. We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. This criminal made a powerful, powerful discovery that you can overcome the enemy by trusting God and being grateful. Trusting God and thanking him. Trusting God and understanding what it means to overcome the enemy. We overcome the enemy by what? The blood of the lamb, the cross. And what? The word of our testimony. The word of our testimony. Do you understand how powerful that is? You know, there's, I, I have a little prayer that I pray just before, every, whenever I preach or do any public speaking, I'll, I'll just stand up. I, I just ask the Lord now, Heavenly Father, Cleanse me one more time with the blood of Christ so that my mind will be pure, my, my thoughts will be focused on what it is you want me to share, and that I'll be able to overcome the enemy. And I just get up and see what God wants me to say. I'm always surprised at what he, what he has to say. It's totally awesome. But you see... It's the blood of the Lamb that cleanses us, and it's the word of our testimony that completely destroys the work of the enemy. So that's why we cannot, we cannot begin to speak like the world speaks. Well, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Man, I'm afraid. I, yeah, I listen to the news. Man, I'm afraid this, you know, the housing market's going to destroy. I'm, I'm afraid this is going to happen. I'm afraid that's going to happen. I'm afraid this is going to happen. Well, I doubt that that's going to work. I doubt that's going to work. I doubt this is ever going to happen. I doubt, I don't, you know. And then why do we, why do we say this as Christians? Why do we say it? Now, Gloria, you're not going to believe this. Well, then don't tell me. How many times have we done, oh, you're not going to believe this. Well, then, what is it, a lie? We say amazingly dumb things, don't we? Well, I'm not, I don't believe that. I have, my, I have my boys on Sunday mornings. I'll meet with the boys. I'll tell them, I'm going to tell you a story now. And the first thing out of their mouth is, Pastor Fred, is this a true story? No. Why would I tell you a true story? I've been lying to you all along. Why should I start telling you the truth now? Yes, it's a true story. I just want to strangle them. It's usually Wyatt. But, but 
Apparently, he doesn't hear a lot of true stories. Anyway, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but it's this issue of unbelief. You're not going to believe this. I don't believe that. I, you know, I doubt that. And how many of you have used the phrase, well, I'm, man, I'm worried. I'm worried about this. I'm worried. I'm worried. I worry about this. My mom, bless her heart, rest her soul, she would, she'd say, well, you know, I just worry about everything. Mom, don't worry about it. Well, you, don't have, you have nothing to worry about. Well, then I'm worried because I have nothing to worry about. That's crazy. Help me. How does that work? But you see, we, we, we fall into those traps. The enemy knows how to play this game. And he uses the news media and television and everything else to do what? To bring fear, doubt, unbelief, and worry into your life every single day. And we have to learn to overcome the enemy. With the blood of the Lamb, that's been handled, that's been taken care of. But what is the word of your testimony? The word of your testimony. People, these naysayers and the negative talkers drive me crazy. Because they'll say, well, what are you doing to get ready for the great depression, you know, this new depression that's coming and all the recession and are you buying guns and ammunition and food? Uh, no. No. What am I going to do with it when I find out I don't need it? How many of you bought junk for the Y2K thing? Don't raise your hand. There were, there were churches selling survival kits to the tune of $5,000 a pop. I thought, are you kidding me? Well, if we, what if we run out of water? Hey, I'll just go out and find a big rock and hit it with, my, and hit it with a stick. Worked for Moses. Well, what if the water's not sweet enough? I'll just cut down a tree and throw it in the water. Worked for... Elijah, well, what if there's nothing to eat? I'll just get a basket and tell, hey, God, I got nothing to eat. What do you think? Hang on a minute. Ground's covered with food. Well, God, I'm kind of tired of this. How about some meat? No problem. God just whistled and the quail showed up from everywhere. You see, overcoming the enemy is, is something that takes us to use the power of our testimony. I'm saved because I accepted Christ when I was a little kid at a, at a kid's camp. I'm filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit because God knocked me out and filled me up when I was about 14 years old. Those are experiences that nobody can take away, including the devil. And so I'm, you know, you say, well, Pastor Fred, your life is just a bowl of cherries. I mean, you just, you know, you walk through life in a rose garden. Really? Ever had a kidney stone? Yeah, Dave and I are in the club. Yeah, we're the kidney stone club. Yeah, I'm, I've decided that people in hell are going to have head colds and kidney stones forever. That's their punishment. They're going to be eternally... They're going to have eternal head colds and kidney stones. That will that'll bring suffering, bless God. They're going to suffer. I don't ever want another one of those, ever. They're not fun at all. But again, I'm, you know, it's, it's, it's the word of my testimony. 
It's the blood of the Lamb. It's the truth. What's the S? Settled debt. Settled debt. Canceled the written code. Go back to Colossians. Look at what he says. Look at what Paul says here. This is, this is just awesome. He says, he forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. There's nothing greater. Now, I've had a couple of speeding tickets in my life. That's probably a shock to you as well, but it's okay. And you know what? I have discovered that it will be canceled if I sit through a class I've been to a couple of those classes. I'm not sure why. <laughs> I've been to a few of those classes. But you know, and as big of a waste of time as they seem to be, you know the cool thing about it is? When I walk out of there, that ticket has been canceled. It's, it doesn't appear on my record, I hope. It's not there, it doesn't exist. Guess what? Everything that you have ever done that you are ashamed of has been nailed to the cross. Canceled. Doesn't exist. Like it never happened. That's what justification means. That's what it means to settle a debt. Linda and I had the joy of paying off our car. You know, there's nothing better than that feeling. When that, that due date comes around, I realize, oh, I don't have to write that check. Yes! It's canceled. It's paid, paid off. It's paid in full. Why do you keep paying stuff that's been canceled? That doesn't make sense, does it? I mean, if you've got a debt that's already been paid for, I'm praying none of you are still making car payments if your car is paid for. Why would you do that? Just so you could bless the bank? Stop doing that. Bless the church. The bank's interest is pitiful. God's interest is phenomenal. You see, the debt's paid for. The debt is, it's, it's been settled. It's canceled. It's awesome. It's a great feeling of freedom. And it's such a blessing. The debt has been canceled. And then finally, Jesus said, from the cross, it is finished. The S, salvation for all of eternity. The cross is the means to salvation. That's why you throw all that junk down there. Fear, doubt, unbelief, and worry. Just toss it at the foot of the cross. Do saved people struggle with some of these issues? Sure we do. You're, you're not glorified. You, you know, we're not in heaven. Trust me, when we get to heaven, no fear. Nobody's going to lock. There's not even locks on the doors, I don't believe. It's just, there's no fear. It's gone. Doubt, gone. Unbelief, gone. If, yeah, if you're an unbeliever and you're in heaven, there's a security issue that needs to be solved up in heaven, and they'll figure that out pretty quick, and you'll be gone. Don't worry. Unbelief, not going to happen. Worry, not going to be there. Why? Do you know why? Because shame will be gone. Shame will be gone. 
Why can, why, does the devil, why can he play games with fear, doubt, unbelief, and worry? Because of shame. How many of you have ever been ashamed of something? All of us. We have all have. And what are we afraid of? Somebody's going to find out about it. We doubt that it'll ever be gone. We don't even believe that it could ever be forgiven or, or solved or, or taken care of. And so we spend every day worrying that somebody's going to find out. Somebody's going to find out about my shame issue. And, G- and Jesus says, Paul said, no. Jesus took that and he nailed it to the cross. It's gone. There is not a more shameful means of death that was ever designed than crucifixion. Most of the pictures that we see of Jesus have him in, a, in, a, in a, some kind of a, a wrap. In reality... Most people were crucified naked. It was to be the most shameful form of dying that the Romans could come up with. Because it was to be a deterrent to the criminals. And so Jesus died the most shameful possible death. You know the neat thing about it? He rose again from the dead and made a spectacle out of the enemy. That's the best part of this passage. Look what he says. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Salvation. Just rub that in the face of the enemy every time he comes and tries to bug you. I'm saved. Go find somebody else. I'm saved. Go back to hell where you belong. I'm saved. I'm a child of the king. Jesus has taken care of it for me at the cross. At the cross. The cross gives me the courage. Salvation gives me the courage to live on this planet and not deal with the stuff the enemy throws at me. Salvation through the cross reconciles me back to God. Salvation through the cross gives me the power to overcome the enemy. I have a testimony. Nobody can take that away from you. Your testimony is powerful. Your debt's been settled. And so now you're saved. Now you're saved. Well, now what should I do? Now that I'm saved... What should I do, Pastor Fred? What do I need to do? Here's what you need to do. Whatever it takes. Listen to this. William Arthur Ward says, wrote these words. I will do more than belong. I will participate. I will do more than care. I will help. I will do more than believe. I will practice. I will do more than be fair. I will be kind. I will do more than forgive, I will forget. I will do more than dream, I will work. I will do more than teach, I will inspire. I will do more than learn, I will enrich. I will do more than give, I will serve. I will do more than live, I will grow. I will do more than suffer. I will triumph. Just do whatever it takes. And uh, as I close tonight... um, when I was in high school, I learned a song, and uh, it's, again, the Lord brought this back to me because it deals with this issue of the cross, and uh, if you don't mind, I'd just like to share it with you as we 
close our time together. When I think of how he came so far from glory, came to dwell among the lowly such as I, to suffer shame and such disgrace, on Mount Calvary take my place. Then I ask myself this question, who am I? Who am I that a king would bleed and die for? Who am I that he would pray, not my will thine Lord? The answer I may never know, why he ever loved me so, that to an old rugged cross he'd go, for who am I? When I'm reminded of his words, I'll leave thee never. If you'll be true, I'll give to you a life forever. I wonder what I could have done to deserve God's only Son to fight my battles till they're won. For who am I? Who am I that a king would bleed and die for? Who am I that he would pray, not my will, thine Lord? The answer I may never know. Why he ever loved me so, that to an old rugged cross he'd go, for who am I? Amen. I have the answer to that song, who am I? I'm a blood-bought child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm a devil-hating, tongue-talking, blood-washed child of the Most High God. So, devil, sit down and shut up. Brothers and sisters, we can do this. We can live this life in such a way that people are drawn to Christ through us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name that is above every name, we thank you, O God, for the courage that you provide for us by understanding who we are because of Christ's death on the cross. Thank you, Father, that our eternal life has been established by the empty tomb. He has walked out of that and provided us with eternal life. Our salvation has come through the cross, reconciled to God, able to overcome the enemy through the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, that our debt has been settled, and Father, now we are saved. We are saved. We are saved for all of eternity. And I thank you, God, for the assurance of that. Thank you, Lord. Bless my brothers and sisters. Let them know and understand the power of the Lord in their lives in a greater way in the coming days. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name.
Amen. 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 As is our custom on uh, communion, sun, or communion Saturdays and Sundays, we uh, take a special offering for uh, those in need. And um, I just ask you to uh, just do whatever you'd like to help in this uh, benevolence offering. And uh, we appreciate your, your willingness to share out of your abundance.